All down. All silent. Going, going, going. Gone. Solid congratulations. Welcome to the Current Market Insights Podcast, brought to you by Harris Partners Real Estate. Each episode, we chat with real estate author and industry leader, Peter O'Malley, to discuss the current property market conditions and provide insights to assist you on your property journey. Alrighty, g'day Peter and uh, welcome back to the Current Market Insights Podcast. Great to see you, Kieran. Look, Peter, uh, we've ended up the first month of the year already. We're heading into early February now. I uh, just thought we'd start with a bit of a pulse check for for where we're at at this point in the, the year and, and particularly how the property market is cycling. Kieran, drawing conclusions about the property market at the end of January are fairly dangerous. I've always felt that what the forthcoming year holds is not necessarily reflected in January. Um, but nevertheless, what we've seen through January is really strong open inspection attendees. And that's not just something that's happened with our agency. We're hearing across the industry that agents have seen a lot of attendees at their open houses to begin the year. Um, keeping in mind that the first two Saturdays of January were belting rain, so um, a bit disappointing for those homes that were on the market. Inspection attendees can be a rough and poor qualifier of market strength because there was so little stock on the market to begin January. Those properties that are on the market tend to probably see the active buyers, if you like. Now, as we head into February and stock levels are beginning to increase quite sharply relative to January, it'll be interesting to see how inspection attendees average out from there. Uh, SQM Research report that uh, auction numbers at this time of year are down by a third in comparison to 2022. So we need to ask ourselves there, are vendors sort of cautious about the auction process or are they even more cautious about coming to the market altogether? Um, there have been a few transactions in January, but again, the transactions in January have been down on what they were last January. Really interesting information you've got there, Peter. I think particularly uh, important to, to talk about the change in auction dynamics, particularly as we move into this year. Uh, last year, we've talked about this on the podcast previously, we had a, a period where lots of auction sales were happening before the auction date itself. Uh, do you think if, if people are going to, to look to auction this year, can we expect a similar kind of thing to play out where there's so much frenzy that their property is going to go the weekend before? Uh, look, I think we saw that in 2021 during the boom, the auction clearance rate uh, in 2022 was around 40, 45%. So certainly the prestige end of the market performed that way. But when we're talking about the middle to lower end of the market, it was it was fairly tough going, particularly in that last quarter of, of last year. So do you think it'd be fair to say that at this time and the, the way that market is operating, that perhaps auction is not the most uh, efficient way for to s sell your home if you are looking to move on? Uh, look, every vendor and every real estate agent will need to make a call on that. If you think about casinos and how they market themselves, they don't show the gambler walking out at the end of the night with no money. They show people sitting around laughing, winning lots of money. So the reality between casino marketing and casino reality is quite different. And that's what vendors need to decide with the auction process is they'll always be sold on an auction based on getting a really high price over the reserve and six or seven really emotional buyers trying to buy your property. But when you attend other people's auctions, is that what you're seeing? Because what we must remember is nobody lists their home or apartment for auction thinking it's going to fail. 
every vendor, 100% of them that sign up for an auction think they're going to sell, and they've been sold on the fact that there'll be multiple bidders driving the price above fair market value. But is that the reality out on the out on the landscape now? For certain pockets of the market, that may be the reality. As I say, the uh, five to ten million dollar bracket late last year was particularly robust across Sydney. We don't know how that's going to perform in 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 twenty twenty three, of course. But it was really robust late last year, where sort of the mortgage belt, uh, if you like, was was really under pressure. No, exactly, and I think. Uh really highlights what we've talked about previously, that if you are looking to sell, it's so important to do that that really specific research for your type of property, your location, you know, all the things that you have to offer. What does the reality look like for you on the ground? We know from experience ourselves, you know, at the start of this year that stock levels across the, the market have been a little bit lower than, than they have been in the, the end of last year. Uh, typically, they tend to pick up at the end of January. Have we, or have you started to notice, you know, a bit of an increase in the numbers on the ground or or conversations with your vendors indicated that they're looking now to come to market as we go into February and into uh, the later months in the year? The conversations that we had late last year and early this year were January was the first month in nine where there was not an interest rate rise. And that was a great month to trade. So we did uh, sell a couple of properties um, over Christmas and in the new year, taking advantage of the fact that there was going to be no in- no interest rate rise between the December rate rise and the February rate rise. Um, depending on when people listen to this podcast, the rate rise may have happened or it's still to come, but I think it's pretty near certain that there will be a rate rise in February for the property market. When that CPI number came out that made the February interest rate rise a lock, we noticed different behaviours in buyers in the marketplace. There was an instant reality check that the issues of last year were going to flow through to this year. So I think it was actually a savvy move for anyone that uh, did push through in December and January to achieve a sale because they have been able to get a sale when the market was in a sort of a a state of bliss, if you like, and looking to move on with some optimism for the new year. But the reality is, the cold, hard reality of it is that the challenges and the inflation pressures that existed last year are all there this year. Yeah, I listened uh, listened to to something on the radio this morning talking about you know predicted four or five potential rate rises again this year, just prolonging the pain for for people in the market. But that's people that are in debt. We must keep in mind that those that are operating in cash are actually seeing the opportunity in this. And that's why predicting what the market's going to do is so difficult because a lot of uh, property bears, perma bears in the market are saying higher interest rates instantly means lower property prices. But Adelaide and Perth, for example, are actually rising at the moment and they're operating on the same interest rate levels. And when we come back to Sydney, the reason the prestige end of the market is performing so well, and you could say the same about you know, high quality lifestyle apartments that appeal to downsizers is people in those segments of the market, Kieran, are operating in cash. So whether interest rates are at two and a half percent or five and a half percent is of little consequence to them because it's a cash sale, it's a cash cash purchase. You know, we we've seen that and the people we speak to that that aren't so beholden to the interest rates certainly do have an opportunity now to to snatch up a, you know, a bargain, relatively speaking. That being said, the other end of the spectrum, the the lower end of the market, those first home buyers, those young upsizers, the the young families, etc., uh, they are far more, I, I guess, tied to interest rates and inflation. What's the the kind of feedback on the ground for you with those segments in particular? Are there any other areas that they're really hurting at the moment? Uh, well, look, I'd probably go the the other way. 
the New South Wales State Government waived stamp duty for first home buyers in favour of an annual property tax for first home buyers that wanted to go that way. So they had the choice of paying the lump sum stamp duty or choosing to waive stamp duty up to a price of $1.5 million and pay an annual property tax. We showed a one-bedroom apartment early in January and 21 parties attended the first open inspection. Now, it's been years, even before the COVID boom, that I've seen 21 really good quality prospects turn up to an inspection. So I think that tells you that first home buyers are getting squeezed and are aggrieved at the rental increases and the state of the rental market at the moment, and they're taking a look at uh, the stamp duty equation that the Perrottet government's put forward, and it's holding holding their interest. Now, that was convoluted a little bit in uh, late January because Labor, who uh, favoured to win the March 23 election, came out with their own policy saying, well, we'll wipe stamp duty and annual property tax altogether for first home buyers up to 800000 So if you're a first home buyer up to 800000 you've now gone to the sideline saying, well, I want to see if uh, Chris Minns and Labor come to power. They'll also have concessions between 800000 and a $1 million uh, for first home buyers in that category, not quite waiving the full stamp duty amount, but offering additional concessions. So a lot of first home buyers are sitting back waiting to see if that takes hold. That's creating demand at that end of the market, much needed demand, because as we know, the lower end of the inner city apartment market has been flat right through COVID as the city emptied out and people headed to uh, coastal areas to ride, uh, you know, live COVID from there, and the international borders were closed. So any policy that drives demand at the bottom end of the market will also inspire developers to come back into play, and the lack of development and developers in the marketplace in the last three years is one of the contributing factors to the rental market being so aggressively high at the moment. I'm interested to get your thoughts, Peter. Prior to, I guess, the downturn that that occurred with the interest rate rises, I was experiencing certainly myself a lot of buyers on the ground who weren't necessarily seeking pre-approval before they'd come along. You know, everyone was feeling out the market. They were trying to get organized, but there was a lot more, I guess, sentimentality around just getting out there and exploring what's happening in the market and getting ready to buy. Given that we've had all these changes, money's getting harder to get. Are you finding yourself that buyers are coming as prepared to your inspections or is it a case of you know those that have approval and are potentially lingering from last year uh, are here to buy at the moment and the others are still sort of sitting in the background? Uh, with respect to first home buyers, for example, they've always, um, you know, by and large, generally speaking, been a tricky finance equation. Uh, the bank are more cautious with first home buyers because the history is not necessarily there. The collateral is not there. They like, uh, in a lot of cases, to see uh, mum and dad acting as guarantor. Um, they're nervous about first home buyers, for example, that haven't saved a deposit but have been gifted a deposit because it doesn't show the discipline of uh, of grinding their way um, to saving the deposit of their own means, you might say. Does the first home buyer really want to buy the property or does mum and dad want them to really buy the property? So they're all the sorts of things that go into a first home buyer's uh, mortgage application. As you move up through the price point, uh, and the majority of properties that we sell, for example, in the inner west, um, you know, are, are above what the typical first home buyer market is, finance becomes less of an issue. 
So we're not seeing buyers tell us like 2018 that there's a credit squeeze on and the bank don't want to give me money. I still claim that the 2018 property market was tougher to sell in than where we're at at the moment. What buyers are saying to us is that I had an approval that allowed me to borrow a million dollars, for example, and based on where everything's gone now, I can only um, borrow 800000 Therefore, the amount that I can offer on a property has dropped by 200000 as well. That's probably the most common way these interest rates are playing through in the market. Yeah, excellent. I just want to touch on quickly, Peter, before we wrap up for today. Our listeners would have, would have heard you uh, a couple of weeks ago now on the podcast with uh, with Louis Christopher from SQM Research talking about predictions for the year uh, and, and a bunch of scenarios mm-hmm. that, that you guys thought uh, might come to fruition. Given that we've had a month now, we're, we're in, you know, come to the end of January, you've seen some conditions on the ground. How do you think those, those initial predictions are holding? Uh, and given what we are seeing with particularly US inflation and inflation here, what do you think the, the most likely scenario is, is going to be as we move toward the middle of the year at this stage? I believe, and what I'm seeing, is that inflation will be persistently above where central bankers want it, and they are going to hit an inflection point where do they continue to fight inflation with higher interest rates and potentially crunch the economy, or do they accept a higher inflation rate for longer and try and bring it down over a steadier period? Everyone has a view on that. You know, I watched all of the attendees at Davos on you know all the interviews that came out of that and some excellent material and even the experts were split 50-50 to central banks just pushing through and if they have to drive up unemployment and drive down economic activity to contain inflation they will and then others equally saying that they will pivot at some stage and when they pivot markets will be off to the races again we've seen micro scenarios like that where People have interpreted something that the Federal Reserve President Jay Powell has said, for example, that suggests that he's going to go soft and suddenly the markets rally and then he has to come out in his next press conference and say, you've misinterpreted what I said and then he needs to go hawkish again to talk the market back down. So I think the best indicator of that is stock markets and they are fluctuating wildly. You know, seeing a shifts of one and a half, two percent a session trading session in uh, in stock markets has been very common. The Australian stock market has been up for all of January, as has the U.S. market. So there's a bet there that uh, maybe central banks will run a little bit soft. I think the other thing that's really interesting at the moment is China sending the message after two or three years that they're open for business. And and we all know that if uh, if China fire the engines and they want to get things turning over. Well, that will create a lot of economic activity that will benefit a, a large part of the globe. Well, just very briefly touching on that then, obviously China has played a, a massive role in the Australian property market. Just quickly then before we, we close out, uh, do you think China being open for business is going to have a direct impact on Sydney property prices? Uh, and can we expect to see some some Chinese money coming back out here? Look, the official line will always will, will be no to that because of the capital controls that China have enforced from the mainland. But the reality is that it's going to flow flow through in different ways to to Sydney, and we have seen that uh, you know Chinese uh, students coming from from the mainland to Sydney to recommence the university year has has, has contributed to the rental market that we operate in uh, around Camperdown, Glebe, and Newtown. So uh, yes, I think if China's open for business and their people are moving around the globe to to do what they need to do that will create economic activity everywhere and 
whilst you might retrospectively double back on someone that has flaunted the rules, I think the reality is you'll see a lot of money uh, potentially come out of China into other markets. Yeah, look, uh, great information as always, Peter. And I, I thank you again for joining us on Current Market Insights. Thanks, Kieran. Thank you. Thanks for joining us on the Current Market Insights podcast, brought to you by Harris Partners Real Estate, the podcast providing real estate insights you won't find anywhere else.